Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Good night, a podcast about eight scenes in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes and... I'm Chris Drywardna. Hello. We're about to review Window on Main Street, written by Al Eidekman and directed by Tom Trubich. I'm pretty sure Chris has got some kind of facts about the two of them coming up at some point. Uh, yes, I do. I got a little bit yeah. of those. <laughs> Yay! And here's what the episode's about. Post-marriage Shirley is still living with Bill Byrne, specifically in a one-room capsule set up in the Barwell's department store display window. Given a choice between their jobs or appearing in the home of the future, the girls agreed to live in the display in spite of Laverne's sudden claustrophobia. To cope with the situation, they meet with a hypnotist at Rhonda's suggestion. They're supposed to make the company look good and avoid mischief, but that becomes impossible when Dr. Hal Dawson puts a post-hypnotic suggestion in their noggins that causes them to behave like chickens whenever a bell rings. New romance for Laverne, a floating health question for Shirley, Carmine in full super mode, and some severe humiliation lingering the cards. Will they skip with their eggs in one basket? What'd you think of this one? Hmm. It felt like a good season six episode, but it was a little weird seeing it in season eight. Yeah. Yeah. And this one works. It is a very perfectly okay Laverne Shoya. Yeah. Perfectly okay. Perfectly okay. Perfectly prominent. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I, I will yeah. say, I just want to quickly add to that. Um, I was considering like what the number is going to be for this one. And because the last one was pretty easy. I was, I figured that out pretty early. Uh, this one, I have a feeling it's going to be more by the end of actually going through this podcast right now to figure it out that I'll be able to, to ascertain. But yeah, it's a very cromulent episode. Yeah. It's a probably good one to me. It's not the best thing in the season, but it's all right. It's a nice farewell to the girls dynamic. So to speak, even though they didn't know that was a farewell all the time. Um, I love that the capsule that they live in was designed for the year 2000. Yes. <laughs> and people live in shittier apartments than that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 2023. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, that is a... I'm willing to bet an apartment of that size in Portland goes for $1,650 a month. That, that by the way, is not that. really an exaggeration. Yeah, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. Certain cities, that's just how much it goes for. It's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. I love how Shirley's definitely flaunting her married stats and nobody cares. <laughs> which is a microcosm of the way that everybody felt about it. Yep. Uh, in the audience, so oops. Mm. <laughs> Did I send a gift? No. Good. <laughs> yes, Mr. Hildebrand is fantastic out the gate. I, I actually have... Uh... My my first note for this episode is Mr. Hildebrand, and then telling him to do the Macho Mandeville Mambo. Uh, Future me, can you put up a Mandeville Mambo for for, for the audience? To me, Thank he's you. like he's more of an a hole in this one than he was in the, his previous episode. Yeah, he's definitely more of a of a dick. I, I guess maybe he's yeah. just had more time to uh... marinate. Yeah, yeah. I just needed him to be dickish, pretty much. Right. I would not be shocked. Laverne suddenly has adaptive uh, claustrophobia out of the blue. Right, which doesn't make sense given some of the cars that she's been seen in and some of the other spaces we've seen her in other episodes yeah. of the show. It, it's very yeah. Um, yeah. convenient. Yeah, it, it's like her fear of being alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like her fear of sudden monophobia that goes away and comes back out of the blue. Yep. Uh, it's a convenient moment for the show. And it makes no sense if you look at a lot of the rest of this year series. 
we meet Mike Bailey mm-hmm. in this episode, uh, Larry Breen's character. Uh, he's obviously not the adulterer from previous episode. Yes, uh, uh, indeed. Yeah, he uh, he returns as a new character, as we had mentioned last season. Yeah, my, my note is, no, your eyes don't deceive you. It is that cat from season seven. But now he's a new character <laughs> and he's actually kind of yeah. likable this time. Yes. Yeah, you can tell, as I, we've said in previous podcasts, they were about to uh, set up a romance between him and Laverne that was supposed to go somewhere. But go somewhere, it will not tragically. We'll see him one more time. Mm-hmm. He will appear in the episode uh, Fashion Show, and he was going to be in Of Mice and Men. Mm. But he is not in that episode tragically. I do love, yeah, I, I was doing a little research on him, and um, he had a plethora. He was an active, busy guy before this time. And it's it really is a tragic story, but I... I uh, I have to say that it was, it's one of those, if you, if even, if fate has something bad, you know, live life as if fate has something terrible in store for you, because he stayed very active. He even worked on uh, the one season wonder, The Last Resort, with Gary Mentier yes. and Marty Nadler, other, uh, yes. other Laverne and Shirley alums. Yes. He also worked in uh, Who's Minding the Kids, mm-hmm. which was Gary's 40 millionth step at uh, trying to get a uh, sitcom together about showgirls in Las Vegas. Tried to formula three different times. Uh, the version that Larry Breeding was in was, featured Jim Belushi. And also, I do believe that it featured uh, Linda Goodfriend and Scott Bio. That is correct. So, yes. Uh, it did not last long either. No, they yeah. definitely may last long for that subject. Yeah, I'm going to quickly just double check because I think it has a couple of the as Linda Goodfriend. Yeah. I'm trying to see if it has the, any of the other um, gals from Lansky's. I do not. See so. that being the case. Yeah, I was going to say they were the only ones who got picked up and moved into that one. Ah, the lights and the fame. I want it all. I want it all. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. The flashbacks. Oh, God. No. <laughs> feathers. 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 Nancy. Nancy. No. <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah. It looks like they have no bathroom in that capsule, doesn't it? <laughs> so the, the idea is that they basically go into a, like a crawl space and they end up like. Yeah, they have to like do this little weird crawl, which I'm just thinking about when you really, really have to go like it snuck up on you in the middle of the night kind of having to go. Yeah, that is cruel and unusual. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, there's plenty of reasons to pity them. And that's one of them. In this episode. Yeah. OK, uh, so the girls agree to this, perhaps unwisely because they're being forced to. So they're being forced to. So there's really not a choice happening on their part. And this basically has a Rhonda hello gag, doesn't it? For the first time. Um, let me just double check. I don't think it has a hello line. Feels um, like this one. I'm trying to figure out. Actually, I don't know if the boys are in this one. I yeah. don't, have any, I don't yeah. have any notes on the boys. We have a hi-ho from Rhonda. Yeah. Also, my, uh, so, okay, to quickly chime in my mother notes. Uh, my mother, when watching this episode, uh, when I was having to watch this back, uh, commented, she felt it was really mean, the whole, like, Cindy, uh, sorry, not Cindy, Shirley. Shirley, yeah. um minimizing Laverne's phobia by saying you were upside down. Anybody would be bound yeah. to get a little irritable. Oh, annoying. 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 Stop doing that. Show. This is bad as the monophobia shit. So this is all bad all around. I like, why doesn't she ever say ho ho and bring us presents? <laughs> well, it's because she only says hi ho. She doesn't have the other hoes in there. Yeah. She needs more hoes basically. Yes. Those hoes ain't loyal. Um, I love Rhonda as Cher. 
My note is Rhonda. Quantumania, salute the Sonny and Cher. That's great. Wait. Which it, I, I thought was pretty delightful, especially for a yeah. 68 set uh, thing. And the whole idea of this like commu- small community theater that can only see like four people, yep. six if a couple of the band members don't show yeah. up. Beautiful. It's perfect. I like Rhonda as a struggling actress. I like it when they remember she's a struggling actress. And they yeah, use just getting these like, they're cool gigs, but they're shitty gigs. Because it's like, yeah. it's cool to be in a musical review of A Salute to Sonny and Cher, but you're playing in you can't even call it a dive it's a closet and yeah. I, you know i have had friends who have worked those kind of gigs where it's like oh god actually i remember actually filming the this band whose drummer my my dad and i knew as a sound guy and he was this drummer in this band called um oh shoot this is a seditionist i think i can't remember but they're oh. a um they played uh, a set at the lovecraft bar in portland anyone who's familiar with the lovecraft bar that place was fucking small. And so basically the reason I had to keep filming the drummer who was my buddy was because I couldn't move. I couldn't leave my spot. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you get packed in some places like that are dangerous too, man. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure. Uh, Well, as far as I know, that was one reason it closed is because it wasn't up to code (laughs) anyway. Yeah. 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 You you, you gotta be very aware, be very aware and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we get to this. So, uh, yeah, the the Rhonda being here is interesting. Her whole thing of bringing in the whole like hypnotist and this sort of like, I wonder how many MLMs and like gurus and new age things that Rhonda would fall into later in life. Gosh, she had so many swamis. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, yes, I see in your future a good audition. Mm hmm. <laughs> You must align your chakras to properly get this part. Align them. Align them in this special yoga pose. Yes, hold that. Uh, don't mind the camera. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Oh ew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you know, you know that what would be what would happen yeah. in those days. It's, it's horrible. True. Sadly, casting couch stuff would happen. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of that short film called uh, Casting Couch. I showed you that oh. one, right? The the horror movie I Casting can't. Couch one. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've I did send that, that to yeah. you. Cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh okay. Scale one to ten. How mean is that line your roots grew in from Laverne to Rhonda? Pretty darn vicious. Like, <laughs> like we all know she's not a real blonde. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, mean. Oh gosh. Rhonda and Laverne do have something in common with married men. Let's let us know that. Like Yes, that's true. And now I don't feel bad. And I got a, I went to a hypnotist and now I don't feel bad. I don't feel guilty about it anymore. Yeah. But uh, the whole life awaits you, living in the store window. You can make out in the backseat of a Volkswagen, to which my note is, isn't that an uncomfortable place? Yeah. And a tight place and a small place. Yes yeah. indeed. Cause uh because that's that's the famous mall rats bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, had, which probably know could have been a reference to this, considering. Yeah, Kevin Smith would probably, probably would have done that. Yeah. What, like the back of the walls, wagon? Um, so, yeah. okay. My next note after this is we're uh, chewing through this episode pretty fast. Because I will say, at the very least, you know, one positive about this episode is the pacing's pretty smooth. Like, it doesn't yeah. feel as choppy as the last one. This, like... Yeah, and the directing's pretty inventive. We get some interesting angles in this Yeah, place. and at the very least, like, the, the blocking and staging's pretty strong, especially with the part that's coming up with uh, Carmine and the doorbell. I mentioned Carmine and the doorbell, by the way, because my first note is Carmine is packing heat. Oh! Holy crap. Oh! This is, this is the point where they try to uh, sex symbolize Eddie even more. Yeah. Because it's Penny's legs, 
in his abs and a various parts of his body at this point. Yes. Uh, let's just again, yeah, let's just say those jeans are very tight for those of you that like Eddie Mecca. Um his his hair <laughs> he's gonna be his hair does kind of suck though. I wasn't super keen ah, on hairstyle. Uh peanut butter and sauerkraut on raisin bread. No. No. Yeah. No. First of all, I'm surprised no. Laverne is disgusted by that. She's eating more disgusting things, A. And B, look, Shirley's pregnant. The arrow, arrow, flashing arrow, flashing mm -hmm. arrow. Yep. The doorbell has been broken for the past um, two seasons. Get get your pair there. Yeah. 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 And finally it's getting fixed. And that's, yeah. uh, I, I did think the way of like integrating that into the, the bell ring for this moment, I thought was was pretty good. This is like one of those gags that that's why this is a very, I think is, can be quite a good episode is because it has these little like setup and payoffs. And what I find with good physical comedy like this, this is very like, um, what you see with like, like Edwards, you see sometimes with the Marx brothers, uh, you would see with like old screwball comedy, like Wilder and Hawks and things like that is you sort of, you really are setting up the punchline or the twist in like the first, like five seconds of the joke. And then you just, and then you're like, okay. It's enough to make the audience remember it's there, and then we bring it back a couple times, and then we come, you know, et cetera. But it, uh, then it all sort of threads together through that scene rather than feeling like it just comes out of left field, basically. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, the whole chicken thing, it feels like out of the blue, period. Yeah. As does uh, the attempt at um, red arrowing towards Shirley's pregnancy. And a lot of the whole episode reads like that, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's just like, look, look, unsettled nudge, unsettled. Yeah, this is a exactly. very unsubtle episode of the show. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This episode is incredibly unsubtle in so many different ways. I mean, they just they put Doctor Gentry right out in front. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As as yeah. Uh, new yeah. Doctor Dawson, he my uh my actually my note on the hypnotist. Oh dear, I got a bad feeling about this. But I do like his. I love his new look. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's a great look. You gotta admit that was a that's a great look. It is. Come yeah. on, uh, the goatee and everything. That's great. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's uh, uh, again for those who have uh, watched our previous podcast. That is Charles Thomas Murphy as Hal, da Doctor Hal Dawson, who is well, sorry, Hal Dawson, who was Doctor Gentry in season five. Yes. So we love him. We love. Yeah. Him. Oh yeah. Yeah. He uh, didn't do a uh, ton of stuff after this, so I could just quickly mention that you know his credits like range this long uh, gamut. Uh, through the 70s of like the Waltons, Bob Newhart, Enos. Uh, he actually is the auctioneer during the Roman Empire in History of the World Part One. Huh. As I mentioned before, by the way, I think we mentioned this before. He also was a character actor role in the mid 80s film Water by Dick Clement. That is an absolutely insane sounding British comedy. The reason I mention it is because it featured Dick Sean. That's why it's getting quickly mentioned. Ah, ding, 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 ding. Go, Dick Sean. Yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking of bells, um, this trope of hypnosis, we've seen this a bajillion times. Uh, one of the things that actually reminds me of is those old um, cartoons where there was the uh, the laborer that whenever he heard the bell, he'd get up and start boxing and punching things. And what's your take on the hypnosis trope? I have mixed feelings about it. Sometimes it can be funny if it's played right. Uh, a lot of the time, it's kind of eh, a little tetchy because, you know, we're removing agency here. So it's like, uh, I'm not sure if this is a little groovy or comfortable. Yeah. So I'm, 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 mixed, I'm, I'm mixed thoughts about it. I just am 
tired of it as a concept. It, it's like I was able to go yeah. back to this because it's like, okay, it's 1982, fine. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this whole, like, you know, relax, scratching the ear. This is, you know, where it feels like the laugh track is added rather than it being natural yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, my note turns into after I describe, I made sure to quote his itching stumps. You're totally in my power. When you fear, hear the first sound of a bell, you will recall all of my suggestions. At the second sound of a bell, you will forget everything that has happened here. And my next note is, ah, it's one of those episodes. Chicken. Yep, yep. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yes. And like, and then it just plays so easily with all the tropes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just all, just all the same tropes over and over and over again. <sighs> it is unfortunate in a lot of ways in that way. Especially because, you know, the the scene ends, you know, Carmine talks to him about the whole thing, the bell, the, they set up that, okay, he says she's a chicken, that's what uh, leaves the, uh, you know, we, we establish how the suggestion goes into their minds, and then, you know, there's the, the good punchline about him going to Bonomania, which I thought was really cute. I love that. But then the next scene, it's almost like this whole hypnosis thing is unnecessary because I, the, them running into hijinks in this this apartment of the future. I thought it was fine. I mean, the the trash compactor of the future, yeah. clothes in a cube. Yeah. And uh, the space food. I mean, I, at least we knew by this point, you know, I I felt it was a bit of anachronistic, bit of physical comedy. That was a bit boring. But at the very, but like, you know, what they have, like they call for a chicken and the chicken gets launched at them through the thing. That was great. That's funny. Okay. No, what really, really made me laugh about this whole routine, what really, really made me laugh was the two of them going into chicken mode and kind of like mourning over the dead chicken. Yes, I love that. That was funny. Yes. I also felt it was cute that Penny is clearly trying to do more of the physical stuff to uh, yes. to blocking the scene to distract from Cindy's yes. pregnancy when she's yes. at the table. Yep. And also that was a requirement because they didn't want her to do too much physical stuff while she was pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will say the as there's the viewing audience that, you know, comes back to, to, to see them and, you know, watch them like a floor show... The gestures between Larry and Penny are adorable through both yeah. all the scenes of the, the the two of them. You can definitely see they had chemistry that they could feed off of each other. That is that is really really precious in in this episode yeah. at least in particular. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh, their chemistry is generally good. Their chemistry is pretty generally good. Uh, I like the character of Mike just fine. Uh, he's not a bad boyfriend for Laverne, and eventually, as we will see. So I appreciate him. I like the uh, window kissing and all that stuff. Yeah, she's just looking for smudges, and she found them right <laughs> there. Let her let let's just get that taken care of. Put some Windex on it, a thing in it. My note on this is Laverne is trying to get some dick off of Marcel Marceau. Yes, I made a mime joke. I don't even care. <laughs> what I just love is you made a mime fucking joke. That's that's even better. Yeah. Just imagine mimes trying to fuck without making any noise. <laughs> anyway. I could see the physical part components of them combining being the tricky part, actually. Yeah. Oh, you just, someone makes a hoof with their arms, the other one puts a fist through it, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Then they make clown faces. (laughs) Anyway, my note, by the way, on our, um, on Dawson was Jonathan Frakes. (laughs) <laughs> does look a little like Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, yeah. I love that um, Carmine thinks that uh, Walter's a lucky man because those terrible sandwiches. That was cute. That was very cute. Yes. Um, it was, uh, at the very least, it was cute, but at the, uh, yeah, I remember when you and I were talking about this, 
while we've watched it, I didn't like it. I, when I came back to it a second time, I was like, yeah. okay, fine. I'm gonna. I'm just having to learn to stop worrying and, and love the bomb. So, you know, but it also is another weird nudge of like, Carmine is single again. Because <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah Susie, whatever. Yeah, we, we're still. <sighs> well, kind of vaguely exists. She's almost a concept, just like Walter. That's it, the easy answer to all this would have just had been having Susie and Walter run off together. Oh my God, that would have been great. Perfect. It would have been horrifying, but at the same time, it also would have been like, oh, okay. Even better, have Cindy and Eddie play the characters. Mm, mm -hmm. And they love each other so much because they resemble <laughs> so much better. Uh. Oh, and the two of them get outraged and they get back together after that. It's easy enough. That's easy enough to do. Yeah, why not? Why not? Eh. Um, suddenly Laverne's afraid of doctors, which makes no sense. Yeah, then I I just, okay, whatever. How many phobias does she suddenly have out of the board? Like, uh, my note on the dress compactor scene was, it's okay, Laverne, most of these clothes were ugly anyway. Yeah, they're pretty, I mean, you can tell those are yeah. the scraps from the art yeah. department. Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah. they gave it to the profit department, the profit department put them together into a little bundle. And they squished them. And they squished them. And then about the uh, the uh, food pellets is, jelly beans for breakfast? Mom, I love you! <laughs> the blatant MST to care for me. <laughs> The the thing I'm thinking of is uh um oh god I can't remember oh what was it uh uh IT crowd it was one of these shows those British uh, sitcoms uh what are you having Smarty cereal oh they do Smarties Smarties does a cereal brand no I just put Smarties Smarties in some milk and then have a spoon <laughs> God I know people who would do that so I know people who are that dedicated to chocolate <laughs> yeah uh by the way uh Smarties just as a reminder, in the United States, Smarties yeah. are a tablet candy. In England, they are not. Yes. In England, they are like M&Ms. In, here, in the United States, they are like fruit tarts, like yep. sweet tarts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, lipstick eating was pretty funny. <laughs> lipstick pecking. The, the, it was a little on the nose, but, you know, in terms of, like it was the, the setup to the punchline was a little too uh, telegraphed for me. But the mirror, yeah. the mirror was the part yeah. that got me. That was good. That was a good little moment. And at that it point, was a lot. The, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. There's a lot of funny moments I was going to say. Go ahead. Um, by Bell 3, the audience has that extra again. That extra is back on that escalator. That's Mallrats reference number two for everybody. But yeah, uh, it's that it's that guy. Or, uh, hey, it's that dog. Um, uh, Future Man, if you could put up a picture of that extra again. Thank you. Yep. And then uh, this is about when we get to uh, Bell number four and the confusion. I feel a little unusual. Moves on over to see if the lunch is ready. And then it's Bell 5, where you mentioned, as you mentioned, the burning food, the burnt chicken, the, the yeah. morning, yeah. the burnt chicken. And then Laverne, bah, 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 and she goes and sits on the lamp like an egg. Yeah. <laughs> God, this episode is so weird. It's weird. Was that just me or was that a little suggestive the way she sat on that thing? Yeah, and I think that was intentional. God damn it. Ah. Oh, it was intentional. Just imagining bouncing on the egg. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I wish John Waters had directed this episode. Oh my god, now I'm imagining that he would have a field day. Because the thing is, this season, two episodes in, and we're going to get even more of this in episode four, <laughs> it's campy in a way that isn't always great. And it's the type of, it needs to push itself into a level of camp that I feel is that... H.G. Lewis slash John Waters slash kind of um, abstract David Lynch, you know, because camp done well 
gives us amazing wildness. Like, that's what gives us American Hippie in Israel. That's what gives us the Acid Eaters. Uh, look yeah. up the trailer to that. That's what gives us the trailer for Werewolves on Wheels. And yeah, this needs that level of like, especially with the sci-fi elements of this, yeah. like the creature wasn't nice. The creature was nice as, yeah. a camp, as a total camp fest. I love that. And we so love it. Yeah, I mean, you and I both loved it. I, I still get. I need to get the it, yeah. director's cut. Yes, you do. And and it's the kind of thing where, like, this is okay. Like, we're not saying this is bad, but there is, like, I'm feeling like some of these other episodes we've done over the last couple of seasons, the not going far enough for whatever reason. And there's, I, I have a suspicion there are multitudes of reasons why not. It's more noticeable and pronounced. Yeah, yeah. We do. We just pile the cheese right on top. Cheese a go go, or as as I like to call it when my dad puts cheese whiz on his cheese crackers. Yes, that is something he does. Oh, he's a cheese head. He is a cheese head. Uh, cheese on hey. cheese violence. Hey, yo, let's wait for that. <sighs> oh man, that's extra cheesy. So they get fired. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, they did peck at his shoes because he dropped the chicken on the floor. Yep, 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 yep. That was supposed to lead to something, by the way. The girls are supposed to get a new job together. Uh, that is partially recycled into the Ajax situation. Uh, that was an attempt at modernizing the show and at um, trying to uh, change it, things up a little bit. Yay. Yeah, so, so we'll see more of that coming up. I, I do love the, uh, the, the delivery, though, that, um, <laughs> that the Hildebrand actor, that Norman Bartold, gives. Of, yes. Just who do you think you're clucking at? <sighs> it's really terrific. good. It's so good. That was terrific. And uh, dramatic Cheryl about, you know, our jobs and yeah. this and that. And then cue Larry. You make yeah. a good chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish it were Walter that was dead. <laughs> That's my note in the next scene. <laughs> oh, my, my note here is Jesus. That turned into a disaster. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So, so we, we're setting up something that we only like quasi get. And now Shirley's pregnant, which we can all see. We have eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um. And I hate that Laverne does that to Cheryl, that she leaves her as the chicken. You know, that is selfish, even with a best friend. That is rough. Yeah. Leave her, put yeah, her in the I backyard know. and we can have some alone time together. It's like, what? she's literally what? married to a guy yeah. who has his own place. You just say, yeah. can you go spend some time with your husband for a while? I need to take care of something. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually gross. That's sort of gross and mean on Laverne's part, which is really unusual. It's like, geez. Yeah, I... I Lord. Ugh. God, that, that, that's, that starts happening people. a lot, though, I'm noticing. Yeah, true. True. Very true. It's, it's unfortunate. It sucks. It just sucks. And then we get to them trying to find their their new jobs. And then the last position held joke. Yeah. Filthy. And then uh, Mrs. Meany on the phone. And then who died? They better call a doctor. That's... I wish it were Walter. <laughs> Laverne's a father. Yay. Oh, so uh yeah that's actually where the end of my yeah. notes are actually <laughs> so my notes too okay it's a very quick paced episode so this episode is very physical comedy heavy so you don't get a lot of notes out of it you get a lot of character rumination of like the note coming up is definitely gonna be a longer form because you get a lot of emotion it's a lot of emotions and there's a lot of like my mom and i were discussing like how that could have been done better uh yeah. as well so yeah Anyway, um, I really like that one, I think, more than you. So that'll be different. That'll be yeah, different. I mean, it's it's one of those it's good, but it's not great. And it just yep. needed like some little fragments to kind of punch it up a bit. 
And that's kind of the, th but that's the thing is, I mean, I'm willing to bet these were like scripts getting rewritten like days, like days, if not hours before rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know things were being rewritten on the fly, both to get rid of uh, uh, Shirley and then eventually to get rid of like, Green's character. So, yeah. This, yeah, you know, it's it's strange how my my note about Eidekman being here is yet again a legend returns, and and it's like ah, oh, mm, past me. What were you thinking? Now that I've gone through this episode, <laughs> he's got one. He's got one more left to go for the final year. He is the tenth of eleven episodes he did for the show or credited for the show. Uh, he would also be credited as an executive story consultant for the entirety of season eight. He was one of the people I think that was brought back in to stem the the stem the bleeding. Um, yeah. And I and that's the thing is I suspect we're going to see more familiar faces in the writing credits that were folks coming back as attempts at being hemostatic medicine and yeah yes, and yes. I'm suspecting with like the the tragic passing of Larry Breeding the uh, yep. Cindy the Shirley Cindy situation Penny was probably just asking for favors I'm willing to bet a lot of folks came back as a favor because some of these yep. folks were already moving on to other shows and yep 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 and so like um, Al Eidekman was already staying you know, pretty active. He was working on a bunch of different stuff and ended up being a supervisor pro producer on the new Leave it to Beaver in the late 80s. And he stayed active through the 1980s overall as writing and producing. So he was pretty, he oh. was busy, but this was like a little opening that I think he just kind of, he felt like it was the, the time to take, I suspect. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but that's that's me conjecturing. Yeah. At this point, when it comes to the, but yeah, actually, before I move on to the other folks, let me talk about the Eidekman thing about this. Is for an Eidekman, the guy who gave us Who's Papa, The Dating Game, and Upstairs, Downstairs. This one's a little weak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, this is, uh, I guess we're at ranking time, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I've, uh, I've got, uh, I got actor director notes. Okay. You want to get the ranks okay, out, okay, though? Okay. For? Go for it. Go for it. No, go so, for it. So at this point, it's easy to t let you know that Tom Turbovich didn't direct six episodes of the 22 for season eight. So that's all I'm going to say at this point. <laughs> Uh, trivia note for him for today is he also directed, uh, Tom also directed three episodes of Guys Next Door, which was a pseudo sketch musical series that was developed by Deborah McKay, whose credits include that she apparently went on to become a stunt performer in the aughts. That's a very oh. strange piece of, like I said, mindless bits of trivia. That's your one for today. Um, this is, and this is cool. the reason why I wanted to bring this up. This is the final appearance of Norman Bartold as Mr. Hildebrand. Oh, yep, yep, it does. It is indeed the end of his right reign, because of course, Wolverine's changed his profession, sir. Yep. As mentioned, he was a longtime character actor and bit player with his first IMDb credit coming from 1952. She's working her way through college. Uh, oh. But he got to play a lot of parts from Captain Willoughby in The Sky's the Limit for the Magical World of Disney to an Ohio toll booth operator in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He even uh, was one of them honky ass cops in a black exploitation flick called Dark, Dark Town Strutters. Huh. It's easier to recognize him from things like Barney Miller and Mr. Belvedere, but he was in a plethora of shows and movies. And he passed away at the age of 65 in 1994, but he had a career in television and film that lasted from 1952 to 1990. And it was a decent run for a talent that gave us so many characters. So rest in peace, Mr. Bartold. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you for making these the California seasons more fun. Absolutely. Uh, I also have some other crew trivia that I wanted to point out because alongside Howard Pearl as the music composer is Dan Foliart. Uh, we did oh. point him out in season six for Bardwell Caper and in season seven for That's Entertainment. He did work on pretty much the entirety of season eight of the show. But trivia wise, this guy ended up actually staying incredibly busy, including scoring 115. That's not the entire run, surprisingly, episodes of Brothers. 
and also did most of the legwork on not just the old school Roseanne, but even season 10 of Roseanne and two oh, wow. and 220 episodes of Seventh Heaven. Braver than a Marine with all that Seventh Heaven. <laughs> Man. Despite having some uh, unique miscellany in this episode to give it the sci-fi of the future 1960s interior, art department was the same guy as usual, Monty Elliott. Uh, he was the art director on every episode of Laverne and Shirley. He was joined by Anthony D. Nealis as the set decorator on both Laverne and Shirley and 216 of the 255 Happy Days episodes, according to IMDb's credits. Because that's one thing I wanted to point out, and we'll I think we'll start to get into this a bit more, I think, in the next episode, just because of the way that episode opens. But every episode so far of season eight has tried to have one new location that has yes. never been seen before. And that that has been interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's one reason why folks were starting to come back to the show is it never looked like it was just the same thing. Every episode yeah. had a new location they could sneak clips into in the promos. Yep, yep, yep. Which is which, which will definitely would have definitely piqued interest from fans. I will say the note though takes place entirely on Smoky Sats. Yep, so that's a changeup. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's that is interesting how this season is handled even from a set point because you'll see even more uh, set changes as we go along. Mm. into uh deeper in the season so yeah yeah you're we're correct about that because they had to hook new eyeballs they knew what they were up against and they had to hook new eyeballs and just think about it this way people still watch the show they only lost a small segment of the audience to the 18 that's pretty amazing it's pretty impressive oh yeah so Anyway, okay, so now we're finally at the ranking time. I'm so sorry I cut you off. I just want to make sure I did not forget. That's yeah, all good. That's all good. Uh, this is a solid six for me, and it's good. It's just typical Laverne Shirley. Lots of physical comedy, some decent jokes, uh, some great stuff for Rhonda. This is a solid six for me. Yeah, I'm actually going to say the same. It's it's almost a 6.5, but there's just those little weaknesses that kind of like irritate me a little bit. But yeah, I mean, this is yeah. a, a, a six out of 10 is pretty common for the California years, I find. So that's not yeah. a bad number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things are going to get worse, I sense, before they get better, so to speak. So uh, we'll see how you feel about that uh, deeper into all season. We'll see how it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Next one's going to be interesting because I, I I feel of multiple minds for, for that one. But yeah. Anywho. Uh, okay. So is there. Yeah. Is there. We will see. Um, but moving on that way, uh, is there anything else? No ways. Any quotes you want to mention? Um, yeah, I, I, I got all my notes out. Okay. Yeah. God, this, the space food was just such an anachronistic bit of physical comedy for me. <laughs> I know. Just pecking at the jelly beans, pecking the jelly beans harder. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, we will have a quick word from our sponsors and, uh, then we will be back with uh some kind of wrap up of where you can find more information and as well as finding out yeah you know uh what's that note on the wall say hmm all right well thank you again everybody so much for joining us for night after night and if you'd like to know more you can find us on youtube facebook tumblr wordpress or patreon at night after night pod or you can find us on Twitter at night f night pc, where we do uh, we try to do like community watch alongs, post the gifts, and you know get other miscellany and stuff like that. Uh, we do also have um, kind of a very very small Discord server. By the time this episode goes out, I I suspect it'll be a little larger than it used to be. 
But uh, anyway, uh, we hope that you all have a wonderful uh, rest of your day or rest of your night or rest of your morning or maybe rest of your sleep. If you've dozed off listening to us to gab and gab and gab. But anyway, um, you know, it feels like there's something missing. Um, Lisa, what's what's coming next? Oh, my. Surely Fanny exits the show, leaving behind nothing but a note and her devastated best friend. Will Laverne be able to cope with this change to her life? This is the note. Well, yeah, that's, um, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, at the very least, it has a different director, so I'll have new trivia. Yes, you will. In with the old, out with the new. Hmm. And in with the disaster. <laughs> well, until next time, folks, we'll see you later. And, uh, and remember, it, when you um, hypnotize your friends, the saints cry. <laughs> remember this as well. If you're going to be a chicken, don't eat jelly beans. They'll kill you. Mm -hmm.